A Baker's dozen wins for the Edmonton Oilers in a row as they hit their 13th straight win to vault into the top three in the Pacific. They also signed Corey Perry over the weekend. So we'll talk about all of that as well as taking a look at a new leader in terms of overall points in the NHL, Mr. Nathan McKinnon on the rise. We will talk about all of that and more on today's episode of the Locked on NHL podcast. We are your team every day. You're Locked on NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked on NHL. We are your team every day. We thank you, as always, for making Locked on NHL your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. Today's episode of the Locked on NHL podcast is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. On today's episode of the Lockdown NHL podcast, we'll talk about the Edmonton Oilers who just refuse to lose, having won now 13 games in a row. We'll talk about what has gotten them to this point, as well as what Corey Perry can bring to the mix for the Oilers now that he has signed with Edmonton. We'll also take a look at the Hart Trophy race, as there is a Western Conference face now on the top of the overall points standings in the NHL. So a lot to get to here. We'll talk about the shifting landscape in terms of the NHL, uh, the Western Conference standings. So let's get to it. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild and one of the uh, dynamic duo here for your Western Conference Tuesday, joined as always by Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators. And uh, Nick, it's 13 games in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, they just continue to rack up the wins um, and just continue to put the early season struggles behind them, having now vaulted into the top three in the Pacific Division. And so as we uh, we go Oilers-centric for this episode, uh, look out for Edmonton because they just do not give any sense that they are going to lose here in any time in the near future. It, 13 games in a row, and now they're in third in the yeah. Pacific. And tonight they play the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, at home. So tune into next week's show when we talk about what went wrong in the <laughs> Oilers' loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I hope I didn't jinx that, by the way. I yeah, am knocking on my are, desk. Yeah, you're, you're going to get some angry comments uh, in the section from there. Uh, Brett from Lockdown Oilers may personally come down and just sort of knock over this whole state of Minnesota trying to find you. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, Edmonton, it's kind of hit that stride that we wondered if they were going to hit at the beginning of the season. Um, Connor McDavid was in sort of, I guess, the slumpiest sort of period of his career at the start of this season. And that certainly is not a thing anymore. Uh, just absolutely tearing it up right now 59 points uh in 40 games but i think when you break it down he's got like something like 
you know, 30 of those have come in his last like 15 games or something like that. It's an, it's an absurd number. Um, you know, dry is still playing well, but the biggest difference Seth is, and this was kind of been the story of the Edmonton Oilers is the goaltending is finally starting to get better. It's still not great. Uh, but if you look over like the past, uh, you know, two, three weeks or so, Stuart Skinner uh, has been absolutely phenomenal uh, after a pretty bad start to the season. Uh, Calvin Picard, who's the Jack Campbell replacement, uh, has come in and done pretty well uh, as in his role as a spot starter. So, yeah, that that is the biggest change from the start of the season is that Edmonton goaltending situation uh, was just atrocious to start the year. And the players in front weren't doing them any favors either, but you look and, hey, all of a sudden their goaltending has gotten better, and, hey, lo and behold, 13 straight wins. Yeah. Um, let me let me piggyback off of that with some numbers that just tell the story of the Stuart Skinner revival because he's been – he has been frankly brilliant uh, in the starts that he has had for the Oilers since December 28th. He has started nine games. He has won them all. He has a 952 save percentage and a 132, 1.32 goals against average. Those are all tops in the NHL in each of those categories, with the exception of goals against average, Uko Pekalukanen has uh, a 1.29 goals against average despite yeah. being 5 and 2 in his last 7 starts since it's December 28th but the 952 save percentage is uh is tops amongst regular starters Connor Hellebuck um also tied for that mark but uh 9 and 0 in his last 9 starts and you you look at the uh, the numbers that he has put together um in those starts is he's only allowed more than two goals once. And that was the first win that started off this stretch of nine straight wins. Uh, he 10 straight wins. Actually, he allowed three goals to the Rangers since then shut out the sharks on December 28th, gave up two to the Kings. That was a win, gave up two to the flyers. That was a win one to the senators. That was a win one to Chicago, one to Montreal, one, uh, two to Toronto, two to Seattle, and one to Calgary. So Stuart Skinner heard all the comments. He saw the tweets, and yeah. he decided, let's pick this train back up. And, uh, boy, it has been rolling for Edmonton here recently. Yeah, uh, and maybe some improvements coming in the form of something that we'll talk about here in the second block. Uh, my question to you, Seth, is this. You look at the rest of the Western Conference right now. Like, the Oilers are firmly back in it. Uh, they're now not, not just in a playoff spot, but they've jumped into the top three in the division, knocking L.A. out, who we were talking, you know, about two or three months ago were one, was one of the hottest teams in the NHL off to a very strong start. Uh, you look at Vegas dealing with injuries, you know, Winnipeg, Colorado, um, some of those teams still up there, Vancouver. Where does Edmonton rank right now on your list of favorites in the Western Conference moving forward for the rest of the year? 
Well, here's the interesting thing is the Oilers have at least two games in hand on all of the rest of the top six in the Western Conference. They have two games in hand on Winnipeg. They have five games in hand on the Colorado Avalanche. They have three games in hand on Dallas or four games in in hand on Dallas, Vancouver, and Vegas. And especially in the Pacific Division, they're currently 13 points behind Vancouver, but just six points behind Vegas. And so even if you win three out of those four games in hands, you have put yourself in position to be right at where Vegas is currently at. And I mean, the great equalizer for Edmonton, and this is something we have talked about extensively, is if they can just get the goaltending. Yeah. It's a team that has dangerous scorers in uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That duo will always play. They have played great in postseason series recently. It's just that either nobody else has stepped up to help them out, or they have gotten goaltending that just has not been good enough to win them playoff series. And so if Stuart Skinner can keep this going, it, they they have to be considered one of the uh, one of the favorite teams in the West, um, just because now that they have everything all figured out and the goaltending has been really leading the charge here, that looks like a weakness that you can no longer uh, count on if you're playing the Oilers. Now, obviously, things can change. We we have been talking about how Vegas was the number one team in the West for a long time, and how it was going to be impossible for anybody to knock them off of that off of that peg and now they're sitting in uh, in a precarious spot in second they have managed recently to navigate through some of the injuries jack eichel uh logan thompson another player that uh, that's been hurt for them recently so they're Jayden starting Cole. to yeah they're starting to kind of maneuver through those injuries a little bit but the NHL landscape can change in a second. And it's all about how you're playing in March, in April, down the stretch into the postseason. But this stretch, the fact that it's lasted this long and Edmonton is still winning, I think you have to, I think we have to take all those things that we said at the beginning of the season and cross them out and uh, rewrite that uh, Edmonton seems to be for real. It kind of reminds me a little bit of 2022 Colorado where entering the playoffs, nobody really knew what their goaltending situation was. Uh, it was, you know, nobody could really trust Darcy Kemper. Uh, you had uh, Pavel Francouz come in, but also like not really many people trusted him as the number one. And, you know, they just kind of started going back and forth. And but the, the thing is, it didn't matter. They just needed their goaltending to be fine, like replacement level goaltending, because they had the team up front that could match up with anybody that could beat anybody. And I, I still think the Oilers are a little bit of a flawed team in certain aspects of their game. But when you have Connor McDavid, playing as well as he is and you have Leon Dreisaitl playing as well as he is you're getting good depth from Zach Hyman and um you know Ryan Nugent Hopkins and your top four of your defense is not great but good enough like this is a team that I think can take on a lot of you know pretty much anybody 
uh, five on five in the NHL. And if the goaltending is just fine, they should be able to, you know, survive and still win some of these matchups regardless. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see because now, as we mentioned, um, there is a new wrinkle that has been added to the Oilers this season with the signing of Corey Perry. And I have a player I'm very intrigued to see how this impacts them as well, because there have been some recent grumblings from uh, a particular Mr. Evander Kane as to playing time in his regard as well. And so we'll talk about adding Corey Perry to the mix for the Oilers, as well as if him and Evander Kane can uh, peacefully coexist on the same roster. All that coming up as we continue today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast after this. Today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast is brought to you by Game Time. And folks, the big game is coming up in Las Vegas here in a couple of weeks. If you had the opportunity to go to see whoever makes it to the big one, whether it be the Lions, whether it be the Chiefs, the 49ers, or the Ravens, what would you do with an additional $100? Would you go out to a fancy dinner? Would you put it all on red? Well, Game Time can give you an opportunity to have a little extra cash when you buy a big game ticket with the code VEGAS100. Game Time offers you killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, plus views from your seat and the best price guarantee you can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you will see before you arrive or if you do head to the big one an opportunity to see where you can take in the halftime show and uh, where you can view the game from the best seats as well take all of the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time right now all game time users get 100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to be going to the game, use code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Either way, you win with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every day. We thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen each and every day. And just a reminder, you can find new episodes every Monday through Friday by subscribing to the Locked On NHL YouTube channel or following us on your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in for a wide range of topics and discussions with our panelists that host each day of the week here on Lockdown NHL. Seth Topol and Nick Morgan continuing. A little bit of an Oilers-centric show to start here, Nick, because uh, not only have the Oilers just uh, been winning every game that they play over the last uh, couple of weeks, but they also made a pretty notable signing over the weekend as uh, former Chicago Blackhawks forward Corey Perry was signed by Edmonton after his contract was terminated by the Chicago Blackhawks. And Perry had his uh, introductory press conference with the Oilers. It's a prorated one-year deal with some uh, potential bonuses depending on how far the Oilers go 
into the postseason. Uh, first, before we dive into the details, Nick, what did you think of the Oilers adding Perry to their roster? I mean, the Oilers just, uh, what, like compiling reclamation projects from around the league. You had a Vander Kane. Now you have Corey Perry. Like, like who's next? Like, like who does, does Tony D'Angelo get traded at some point to be a part of the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers? Like, is it just like image repair going on at Edmonton? Um, you know, look here, I'm, I am going to say, talk about this specifically from a hockey standpoint first. Uh, it does address a big need for Edmonton. Cause remember where I said there are some spots where Edmonton is still a little bit shaky. Uh, one of those is depth, especially sort of in the bottom six, you know, there's a big drop off, uh, from, you know, the, the top six and, you know, guys under them, like Ryan Ninja Hopkins and Kane, um, to, you know, whatever warm bodies are sort of in the bottom of the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers. Corey Perry is a guy who, yeah, he has the MVP experience, you know, playing around the league for a long time, but more recently he's been, you know, a very solid bottom six player for the likes of Tampa Bay uh, and for a brief time, the Chicago Blackhawks. So he has that sort of bottom of the lineup experience. He's good enough, um, you know, to play defensively responsible, physical enough to win a lot of those physical battles that you're going to expect from sort of your grit grinders when they're on the ice. And he's Corey Perry. So there still is, you know, a little bit of a scoring touch there or a nose for a goal. So he's a perfect addition, a perfect veteran addition for the Edmonton Oilers uh, in their bottom six. Uh, you know, the question is, Seth, is, you know, does does the optics of Corey Perry coming to your team, you know, what 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 does that do? Like, you know, what, what does that do for the, the team? What does that do for, you know, people around the league and the perception of the team? Um, yeah, I mean, that that's a whole different topic, it feels like. Yeah, and it seems... You know, we we hear the word due diligence a lot in these types of situations, and it's not a surprise that that was quickly being used uh, when this signing was reported that the Oilers had done their due diligence on Corey Perry and that they obviously were comfortable enough that he had um, that he had moved past what led to his departure in Chicago enough to be a uh, a valuable member of the uh, the Oilers team. But it's very clear that the Oilers want something that has been missing. Uh you you talked about not only the depth, but I think the Oilers are wanting to try to add a little bit of bite to their roster, a little bit more than they've had previously because you think about the last few postseasons for Edmonton and just how quietly they have been eliminated to where you you want to see a team in the in adverse circumstances or facing some adversity to go down swinging and to just say we're going to leave it all on the ice out there and look Corey Perry has been part of teams that have gotten to the cup finals uh, quite regularly he was with Montreal he was with Tampa Bay 
He just seems like the NFL equivalent of LeGarrette Blunt, to where he just goes to the Super Bowl every season, and regardless of how he does personally, he just is able to add a little tangible element to the teams that he plays. And it's I don't think it's a coincidence that now Edmonton has a player like Evander Kane who is very, very comfortable getting under other players' skin. Corey Perry is another guy that lives in that exact same vein. And so I think we're seeing Edmonton try to kind of become the villain a little bit here to where they can, if things aren't going their way, they can just turn it into kind of bully ball and try to throw off their opponents because it just it seems like something at least from what i've seen that has been missing over these uh, last couple of postseason runs for them they've had plenty of skill but once it gets to the postseason it just seems like they kind of go quietly off into the night and we've seen that before haven't we like you know tampa all those good players kuchar off amazing years stamkos all those 60 goal seasons but they kept getting embarrassed in the playoffs then they go out and get, you know, Blake Coleman and, um, you know, Barkley Goudreau and, you know, Pat Maroon. And all of a sudden, uh, look, they're they're a big Stanley Cup team and back to back cup wins and, you know, another, you know, third third appearance. You know, we saw it back in the day with like those, you know, that Red Wings dynasty and, you know, the Avalanche and, and the Devils. You know, it wasn't until. You know, they, they had a lot of good building blocks, but it wasn't until they got, you know, the grind line in Detroit and the Claude Lemieux in um, in Colorado and, you know, the the crash line with, you know, Mike Peluso in New Jersey that they finally got over the top. So this is this is just sort of that big way of thinking for for teams around the league is, hey, like we have the skill, but we're losing all these physical battles. So let's go out and bully teams uh, a little bit. Um, you know, it, it has worked. Uh, we've also seen it go very much the other way. Just look at what Ryan Reeves is doing in Toronto this season. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's a little bit of apples and oranges to that, to that thing. But I, I think the philosophy is there. And, yeah, I mean, this, this could certainly work for Edmonton. Yeah, it, it will be definitely worth monitoring because you know it, it was recently and I know his play has improved but Evander Kane was not super thrilled with his role in Edmonton over the uh, the last few weeks but it seems like he has been bumped up a little bit maybe because of going out and getting somebody in Corey Perry that can play a little bit of a bottom six role um, but it seems like his play has improved as well so I, I mean we have seen other instances, as you alluded to, of teams stacking up on the physical play. And so it, I look, regardless of your thoughts on Corey Perry and whether or not he should be in the league at this point, I, I mean, this is a different approach for Edmonton, Edmonton. And so I applaud that for them trying something a little different that is hopefully going to get them a little further in the postseason than they have been in previous years. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, speaking of postseason hopefuls, there are no shortage of points in the NHL right now, but a new face has climbed to the top of the points leaderboard in the Western Conference. And so when they say the best are in the West, 
They mean it. We'll talk about the Hart Trophy race to finish off today's episode of the Lockdown NHL podcast after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. It is almost the halfway point in the NHL season. Seen a lot of crazy stuff this year. Uh, A lot of strong players, a lot of surprising teams looking at you, Winnipeg. But regardless of where your team is in the current standings, you can still win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and more will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assist, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. For instance, Connor McDavid have a goal in this game, plus or minus 0.5. Will Nathan McKinnon have more than two assists in his next game, plus or minus 1.5? If to win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats like that. Again, you can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. One final segment of the Locked On NHL podcast for you today. Once again, we thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol and Nick Morgan with you. And Nick, our esteemed colleagues had a chance to vote, much like the Baseball Hall of Fame does for uh, Hall of Famers here. And we're seeing all of those ballots get released gradually before the announcement coming this week. Uh, we also have had an opportunity to vote on various awards and where players are at at this point in the season. And our beloved colleagues voted on the Hart Trophy this past week. And of the top 10, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, six Western Conference players, including number one. Nathan McKinnon, who just so happens to listen to that and uh, vault into the top of the NHL in points with 77. And so he takes over the spot that Nikita Kucherov had forever, just was on an island by himself for yeah. several months of the season. Nathan McKinnon, though, on an leader, as I call it, not a heater. It's a step above that. He's on an leader. And now leads the NHL in points with 77. So should he be the front runner for the Hart Trophy at this point in the season? I'll go one step further, Seth. Since January 1st of last year, so January 1st, 2023, over the last year, Nathan McKinnon has been the best player in hockey. And yes, I know there's a couple of people we just talked about that kind of have a stranglehold on that conversation. But right now, right now, and since the oh, the past calendar year, Nathan McKinnon, to me, has been the best all-around hockey player in the world. I mean, this guy does just about anything somebody like Connor McDavid can do, and in some cases, even better. You know, you watch him, and it's just the elite speed. 
with what he plays with. That's a lot of people that, you know, people watch McKinnon or McDavid bring up is the speed. Nathan McKinnon is right there in terms of his skating. You talk about the offensive numbers, the video game that, you know, the video game numbers that McDavid put up last year. Nathan McKinnon leads the NHL in scoring since January 1st of last year. Leads the NHL in scoring this year with 77 points in 47 games. That's pretty dang close to video game numbers. And the thing I think that really separates it from me, Seth, is his two-way play. Look, this is Nathan McKinnon we're talking about. This guy can go out there, score 120 points, you know, mash off for tea and toast somewhere, collect a paycheck and call it a day. This guy, every shift is out there. You know, the, the Colorado will just throw him out there for defensive zone starts and he's engaged in the defensive zone. He goes out, chases the puck, forces the other team uh, into, you know, like fast mistakes or, or, or forced plays can go get the puck, transition it down the ice. He's such a two-way game. This is a guy with the speed and offensive ability of Connor McDavid playing like Patrice Bergeron right now, just that heady style of game. And you put it all together uh, in, as it stands now, Nathan McKinnon to me is the most dangerous player in the NHL. He's been that way this season. He's been that way uh, since January of last year. So yeah, not only does he deserve to be the Hart Trophy winner, I'll go one further and said he's the best player in hockey right now and has been for a year. I am not going to disagree with you. I'm going to also piggyback off of that and something that we have discussed with the Avalanche over the last couple of seasons as they obviously have had some key additions that have either left via free agency or in the case of Gabriel Landeskog just have not been healthy enough to get back into the lineup yet. It seems like as those pieces leave the Avalanche equation, he gets better. And so he is taking on more responsibility within that Avalanche lineup. And it just seems like the more they rely on him to be the lead dog and to uh, to score big goals and to put up just these monster point seasons, it seems like he is more up to the task of being able to do that. And that is another big sign of a good player is somebody who rises to the occasion as more responsibility is put on their shoulders. And look, obviously he is more than up for it, but you think about it, like look at some of the names that have left the avalanche over the last couple of seasons. You, you lose Nazem Kadri to the Calgary flames. Right. Gabriel Landeskog has been out of the lineup for parts of the last couple of seasons. Those are not small shoes to fill. And with the extensions to Kale McCarr, with McKinnon's own extension, it, there has been smaller amounts of money to be able to plug those those openings. And Joe Sakic does a just a phenomenal job of finding kind of diamond in the rough guys to fill those spots. But again, it all starts and ends with Nathan McKinnon, who continues to just continues to just rise to the occasion, rise to the challenge. And somehow he is exceeding even what we expect of him as one of the best players in the NHL. And so he is he is number one in the voting 
in my mind without a question. But I think the one that is surprising to me, what did you think of Connor Hellebuck at six? Should be higher. Should be a lot higher. Uh, I would have, that's tough. Uh, you know, as good as McDavid this season, or, you know, has been the last little bit, I don't think he's top three this year, just because of his, a little bit of a cold start. Uh, I would have McKinnon one. I would have Hellebuck two. Uh, then I would have Kucherov. Then I would have Quinn Hughes four. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, way higher than, yeah, way higher. Like, let's just, let's just look at the statistics for Hellebuck this year, which have just been absurd. So he has started, but here's the other thing too. Here's the other thing to keep in mind about Winnipeg is they have the luxury of having Laurent Brassois having a great season as a backup. Uh So they haven't had to, at this point, do what the Avalanche, for instance, have had to do with Alexander Gorgiev, where he's started 38 games so far. Uh, They they haven't had to run Hellebuck into the ground yet. Um, Hellebuck, you know, five starts might not seem like a, a big swing between those two, but you look at how that plays out over the rest of a season. You know, if Brassois can continue to give the Jets quality backup play, that just takes a little pressure off of Hellebuck. And you, you look at the look at these numbers. I mean, Hellebuck right now, 23-7-3. He has a 2.15 goals against average, which if you look at the next closest, who has had a comparable amount of starts, um, you end up getting into that 2.3 or 2.4 goals against average range where you're talking like a Cam Talbot or even a Joey Decord who has uh, a 2.33. But then you go to the save percentage and his current mark of 927, only bested by Aiden Hill, who's only started 15 games this season. But if you get somebody who is again in that 30-ish start range, Thatcher Demko, for example, he's at 919. And so all these goalies having truly good seasons, Hellebuck is a step above everybody. And I think that is where we have to acknowledge that at some point, a goalie season goes far and beyond what simply getting a Vesna would allow you. Mm-hmm. He, he is that big of an impact player for the jets that he deserves every bit of the heart trophy conversation that he's had so far. And if Winnipeg continues to pace the central, it's only going to increase between now and the end of the season. And who would have thought, Seth, you don't hang out your goalie for 40 shots on goal a game, and all of a sudden your goalie puts up, you know, legendary numbers. Who would have thought that? It's uh, it's a novel concept, but yeah. so many teams are just like, ah, no, we uh, we got a guy back there that can stop 50 out of 50. Yeah. Do that. Who needs a defense in front no. of them? We absolutely do not. So we will track those uh, races as well here uh, over the next few weeks. We um, we have, not to tip our hat, but we've got a Norris Trophy rankings that is going to be coming out. So we'll probably discuss that for next week's show. 
And we'll see if the Edmonton Oilers continue to win or if some other team decides that uh, they want to go on a little bit of a run. Uh, We have you covered as the Western Conference portion of Locked On NHL. So make sure to follow along and subscribe. Make sure to follow Locked On NHL all week long as we have a great panel of hosts that bring you a wide range of topics throughout the week. We've got the Eastern Conference edition of Lockdown NHL coming up tomorrow, then power rankings as well later in the week. So uh, a great look at everything going on in the NHL, all part of the Lockdown NHL uh, content throughout the week. That'll do it for today's episode. Again, make sure you subscribe if you have not already, or follow us on your favorite podcast platforms for new episodes throughout the week. We have new episodes for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.